I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Marty Carpenter sitting in for Boyd Matheson today on Inside Sources. We appreciate you being along for the ride wherever you may be to get a little better informed about some of the issues uh, going on across the country and across the globe. The United Kingdom is barreling toward a recession. It's not great times uh, across the pond. And while it may not directly impact the U.S. economy, there are some concerns in the U.S. that we may also be heading toward a recession in 2023. So what can we learn from our ally in the U.K.? And by the way, it's also Utah's top trading partner as we work to prevent economic disaster here at home. And by the way, just to set the scene maybe just a little bit more, <laughs> what's going on in the UK? They've had three three prime ministers in seven weeks. I mean, think about that. They're not as big, obviously, as the United States, but having three prime ministers in seven weeks is going to come with some uh, upheaval, <laughs> some turmoil, some problems. And that's not necessarily what's even causing their problems uh, economically. But let's dive into it a little bit about what... Uh, what we can learn from what's going on in the UK. Evan Ward is an associate professor of history at Brigham Young University, where he teaches courses on world history. He joins us now. Evan, thanks so much for being with us. Great to be with you this afternoon. So here's here's a really broad question for you. What's going on in the UK with their economy? What's causing them so many troubles? What's driving the problem? Well, I think uh, there's a couple of types of factors. One could be uh, global causes that most all countries are feeling, including the war in Ukraine, uh, supply chain disruptions. But uh, Great Britain also has some that are considered in their media potentially self-inflicted wounds, uh, primarily the uh, Brexit decision that was taken six years ago to leave the European Union. So you've got Brexit that's causing a problem. Um, How does energy uh, play into this? I know from some of the things I've read that some British households are looking at a potential 4,000-pound increase in their energy bills by January. Um, I mean, that that impacts everybody's budget and has a massive ripple effect through the economy. How does energy play into this? Well, uh, You know, Great Britain does have some uh, reserves like other European countries, but uh, began uh, the shift towards renewables, but with Brexit also began to sever uh, pipeline connections that would have given them uh, easier access to supplies during peak periods like uh, the winter. So, uh, again, Brexit plays into a certain degree um, the energy challenges that they're facing, which many countries around the world are facing as well. 
So Utah has a unique trade relationship with the U.K. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why it's important? Yes, well, uh, particularly in terms of mineral trade, uh, Utah trades uh, a, a large percentage of uh, industrial uh, minerals to Great Britain, and it would be in the interest of, of Utah to uh, see a robust uh, industrial sector in Great Britain. Um, this affects other things, including uh, aviation. There's a direct tie between Salt Lake uh, and London, and then maybe just the cultural affinities between the two places as well. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So what can we learn from the U.K.'s mistakes that would apply to Utah at a state level? What are the things that they're doing wrong that we can say, we don't want to go down that road? Sure. Well, the most important is something I think the state has prioritized during this governor's term and uh, Governor Herbert's, uh, which would be to continue to uh, encourage the entrepreneurial spirit to promote production uh, which in some discussions is being lost in uh, how the inflationary challenges facing the world are going to be resolved. Production always uh, resolves questions of uh, inflation, getting more goods in circulation. And so continuity in that aspect would be uh, one important place to start. So to an extent, you grow your way out of inflationary problems, and that's part of the problem the UK has had, right? They, they've sort of right. borrowed to fund tax cuts, and then they uh, didn't have the the GDP growth that they needed to sustain that. Yeah, and that was uh, somewhat systemic. It's uh, not just been going on in the last couple of years, but uh, can be traced back to uh, the Great Recession in the the late two uh, thousand. So. Uh, you couldn't just jumpstart production while at the same time offering tax breaks, which you're borrowing money to fund. Yeah. So it sounds like the lessons to be learned then are essentially, one, don't cut your energy production or move too quickly to unproven renewable sources before they can actually sustain the energy demands that you need. Uh, two, keep your economy growing and you know make smart fiscal policy about the way you pay for tax cuts. That, would that be like a, a pretty good summation of the report card we get from this? I think so. I think the one of the benefits we have in the United States is we are uh, energy. We have su- sufficient uh, energy resources. We're exporting liquefied natural gas. And uh, I love what John Curtis is doing in Washington in recognizing that clean energy is important but creating a sensible off-ramp uh, so that there's a uh, sort of empathetic transition rather than just a drop uh, from one fossil base to uh, clean energy solution. 
Yeah, here in Utah, we've embraced the all of the above energy policy that says we're not going to dump away from the things that are working for us, but we're also going to go ahead and work toward cleaner, more renewable energy sources, but we're not going to make that transition uh, faster. We're not going to make it run when it can only walk or when it can only crawl. And so uh, it can be part of the portfolio without having to become the entire portfolio before it's ready to become that. So uh, Evan Ward, an associate professor of history at Brigham Young University, where he teaches world history. Uh, Professor Ward, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. Thank you. You know, it's one of those things where our state has such a reputation and a well-deserved reputation for being measured in our approach to policies like this. Uh, There may be some who try to paint us as uh, uh, eager to embrace or to to stay stagnant with uh, fossil fuels, but I think it's really based more in a reality of what it takes to actually produce uh, the energy that we need. And I can say that to someone who drives an electric car. I know full well that while it is an electric car, uh, you could also call it a coal-powered car because that is where most of our electricity is generated in this state. So there are things that we can all do and take steps in the right direction, but we need to make sure that we uh, understand where the real energy is being produced and why that is such a driver for our economy and our economic growth, which is so key to making sure we navigate through a time of hyper inflation. Uh, We'll be back with more on Inside Sources after this. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.